Hello, this is Pete from Pete's Auto Repair. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. He's gone deaf from 20 years of answering gardening questions, and she, uh, here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Right. 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 All right. You're, uh. You're, you have a busy day there, little girly. I'll be driving all over town. Oh, no kidding. You got to go. She's got to go. Peggy's got this thing where uh, she's uh, going down to the south side to Tinley Park. Tinley Park what, Convention what, what Center. Ha- what happens in Tinley Park? It is the Body Mind Spirit Expo ah. uh, today and tomorrow at the Tinley Park Convention Center. Starts at um, seven minutes ago. <laughs> there you go. Well, aren't you supposed to be there now? I'm there in spirit. Okay. But she's always got a table, and she's happy to talk to you. So there will be a a Peggy Malecki sighting at the Tinley Park. What was it again? Tinley Park Convention Center. Convention Center, which is where? Do you have any idea? It is off 183rd Street, and I know I take uh, Tri-State South and then go to 57, and I figure out where the GPS tells me to go. (laughs) But Body Mind Spirit Expo is a huge expo that happens in North Lake in the spring and Tinley in June and Skokie in August, and it just draws people from all over Uh, the area. And, of course, there will be uh, Natural Awakenings magazines, and uh, Peggy will sign them for you. If you ask politely. I think I have a Sharpie on me, too. Do you have any of our cards for the the yes. Mike, Mike Novak show? Yes, I do. So you can find out about the Mike Novak show, too, down there. Okay. That's cool. So great. All right. Well, good for you. Then it's a busy day. Me? Uh, you know. I'll go home and work on tomorrow's show and... Uh, work on the garden. Work on the garden, which is great. Uh, I, you might have seen... What? And yes. I have two bags of compost for you, too. Uh, shh. Shh. Don't let everybody know. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh yeah it's um it is uh tomato planting week we got them in this week uh and some of you might have seen that on facebook we did a facebook live thing and of course i you know i thought uh as i said on the facebook somebody will correct me for what i'm doing and uh of course you know the person who did was casey tomato he 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 writes to me about uh the dwarf uh emerald giant tomatoes he says now who stakes a dwarf tomato oh wait it's a giant <laughs> thanks casey uh but you know 
my feeling is I just get them in the ground, and if they they work, they work, and if they don't, they don't. But you know, a, a re- and a really good tip came from the Wisconsin vegetable gardener who we had on last mm-hmm. week, and uh, Holly Baird, Holly Berry. <laughs> Wrote to me and said, um, make sure you have the foliage six inches off the ground. And that's a really good tip. Uh, and why? You, why would you do that? Uh, because of diseases and that sort of thing. You want an air circulation. Mm-hmm. You want to have good air circulation. And you don't want the uh, plants sucking up diseases from whatever's on the ground. Or getting splash up from and Getting the rain. splash up and that sort of thing, too. So it's just, it's just in a number of different ways. So if, if you... Pinch off the the bottom six inches of leaves on your tomatoes. Now, if that's all you have, <laughs> if they're really tiny and that's all you have, well, then don't do that. Wait until they get a little larger. I mean, that's the other thing you can do, too, is, you know, obviously you want as much energy coming into the plant as possible. Uh, on today's show, uh, you, as you might have heard listening to Mighty House, if you don't listen to Mighty House, you should know that Juanita Irizarry, who is the executive director of Friends of the Parks, will be on the program today to talk about all the different things that Friends of the Parks are involved in, and it's massive. I mean, when you have a, a city the size of Chicago, and there in the more than 500 playgrounds, mm-hmm. um, and, the, and there aren't just playgrounds, there are parks. I mean, if you go to their, their website, and if you go to just even reading the newsletter, it was like five pages long that they sent out in uh, the spring and uh, the winter spring newsletter. Yeah, and it's it's lakefront as well as parks. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I need to ask them how that's determined, because if that's one of their initiatives, the, the last four miles, which mm-hmm. is the idea that we should have um, lakefront prop, or park from sea to shining sea, actually from from city limit to city limit, yeah. north and south, which I think is a wonderful area because one of the things that sticks in my craw is when people start building, put buildings right up to waterways, and then it's like, no, that's our waterfront. Well, no, it's not. Yeah. It's a people's waterfront. It's always a people's waterfront. Yeah, and waterfront. the whole concept of air rights and everything else for can you see the lake. Yeah. Oh, say can you see the lake. All right. Uh, who's uh, let, let me do this, okay? Logic Lawn Care works with homeowners to create beautiful safe lawns on the North Shore. They also work with schools, park districts, municipalities that want to manage their large turf areas naturally. If you're concerned about your kids playing on a community lawn that's been sprayed with who knows what, be a citizen activist. Contact Logic Lawn Care and arrange a meeting with your local school or municipality. Go to LogicLawnCare.com. We will be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for Women and Men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. No longer have to sacrifice one for the other. 
Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings Magazine. And for seven years, we've been helping Chicagoans to lead healthier, happier lives. Each month, our readers enjoy new information about integrative health and wellness, local foods, raising healthy kids and pets, helping our environment, and living a more sustainable life. Get your free copy of Natural Awakenings in more than 1,100 locations throughout city and suburbs, or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMille. Bringing a lot of social science into climate change is really important. People who teach climate change now, you have to really get into how it's affecting people, how it's affecting the ability for people to cope, how it's affecting the ability of people to adapt or to mitigate. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate and how it might be affecting you, your lives, and your garden. On WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her And did I mention that uh, the number for Logic Lawn Care, you can go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500, 847-421-6500. And uh, I got an email from Steve Newman at Logic Lawn Care uh, who says this is a great time to core aerate. It's also a great time to use natural fertilizers and fertilize your lawn and give it a, if, if that's what you think it needs at this time of year. And uh, so that's our tip from Logic Lawn Care. You wanted to bring up one more thing. What did you just say? Well, I was going to ask if you got the newsletter. Oh, yes. Listeners. Listeners. Did you get a newsletter, the Mike Novak Show newsletter, which came out this week? If not, you're not on the mailing list. So go to MikeNovak.net and right there on the homepage. Or even off our Facebook page, you can sign up. That's true. You can sign. It says sign up right there on the Facebook page, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, please do that. MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. And the, the newsletter we sent out was about Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, which is coming to Chicago this summer. We're one of the sponsors of it. We hope you will get your garden involved. Sign up. And you might win an award, uh, a prize for just being a good gardener. And it's free. All right. All right. Let's uh, right now bring in uh, Juanita Irizarry, who is the executive director of uh, Friends of the Sh- uh, Friends of the Parks. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Have can some I, coffee. Can, can I start that over, Juanita? Do you mind if I start that over? Sure. All right. Juanita Irizarry, who's uh, executive director of Friends of the Parks. How about that? That's- that's funny because usually people have a hard time with my last name, not with Friends of the Park. <laughs> uh, you know what, though? See, I know you because you have a history. You ran for alderman. Yes, I did. In which ward was that? 26th Ward, yeah, mostly I... Humboldt Park. You know how I know that? How do you know? I voted for you. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. So, That's awesome. Give me give give uh, her gets... a ding. Uh, and please don't tell my current alderman that, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't let him know. I don't think he's listening. Uh, but I <laughs> – and I'm not even going to say the name. We'll just say if you want to know, it's easy to find alderman out. Alderman – It's easy to look up the 26th Ward and figure it out. Uh, so 
it means that you've been involved in community activities for a while, and uh, you got uh, introduced to Friends of the Parks. And I want to go back through this little bit of history before we get into the current stuff, Juanita, because you you came on board to Friends of the Parks at a very interesting time, didn't you? I sure did. The organization had already filed a lawsuit against the Chicago Park District and the city regarding the Lucas Museum. So I jumped right into the hot seat. <laughs> no kidding. And, and it's interesting because I had Irma Tranter on the show about, I want to say, like four or five years ago. Then I had uh, Cassandra Francis on the show, uh, and now I've got you. So within the space of a four or five years, I've had three different executive directors of Friends of the yep. Parks. That's uh, right. Uh, and the the whole, you know, I don't I, I don't know I don't know the politics here because I'm not yep. deep into the politics of of Friends of the Parks. Yep. I imagine there were, there was something really interesting going on, but we don't have to go into that. Just say briefly, uh, Irma had been there for 34 years, so she put in a good long, you know, period of time, and she she retired. But yeah, Cassandra only stuck around for a little while, and she did jump into a really difficult transition moment. So yeah, and 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 that's the point. I mean, I no, I wasn't I wasn't slamming Irma uh, for that because you're right; she'd been there for 34 years, and it was time for her to move on to something else. Uh, but the point being that here you're involved in this lawsuit um, to keep the museum from being built on the lakeshore in downtown Chicago. And I will I will be really upfront with this because on my show I spoke out against the Lucas Museum being there. My feeling was if you really – you know, he kept saying how much he cared about Chicago. And my feeling was if you really care about Chicago, put it in a neighborhood that could really use it. But yeah. no, that wasn't in the cards because he needed to see the lake. And yeah. um, and so that, to me, that just sort of gave away the game right there. It's uh, it's not about the city. It's about you. And yeah. um, and and so I was so happy to see you guys do that. But but Friends of the Parks took a lot of heat yeah. for for your stance. And I, I applaud you for what you did and sticking to your guns and taking it to court and saying, no, this is not. Right. You know, and, and a lot of people started calling you friends of the parking lot because you, you, you were defending. Right. My feeling is get rid of the parking lot. You know, as far as I'm concerned, Soldier Field was ruined when they did the, the, the spaceship, the, turned it into a spaceship. Yeah. So tear that down, too. And let's have some open space there. Uh, now, that's not going to yeah. make me very popular in Chicago, but yeah. I don't really care. Um, yeah. I think that we have such a jewel there we have this oh you know i i would tear down lake point tower at the same point it's like let's bulldoze you know richie daly got the bulldozers out i got a few places that we could use them on um we, you know because because there have been all these little inroads into that that very special uh part of our city and and i'm so That's glad right. you you guys stuck up for it so what what was that experience like yeah i mean it, it was certainly uh a very intense experience and i, I like to kind of think, think of it as the 100-year flood. You know, that was such a big flood, it shouldn't come around again in 100 years. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that a battle that big doesn't have to come around again, that that we let the city and developers know that they're going to have a really hard time if they try to develop on our lakefront and that our public trust land really is sacred. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we also learned as Friends of the Parks is there's a lot of work to do to educate Chicagoans about the history of fighting for that lakefront. 
and and for the fact that it's there because there have been these battles historically. Um, and so we need to all be ready to stand up and defend our lakefront. Yeah, and, you know, Peggy uh, found a, an article. Uh, she was looking around yesterday and sent it to me, and it was in the reader not too long ago. And it points out something very interesting, which is it turns out it's not usually our civic leaders that are our mayors and the politicals that are defending the lake. They're the ones who always want to build on it. They're the mm-hmm. ones that want to gra- take the land and run. Uh, it's people like you. It's people like Friends of the Parks. And it's the citizens who have risen up throughout 150 years to say no. No, we will not allow this to happen because we have something that no other major city in the world has, and we're going to keep it that way. That's right. And it really speaks to the the perennial conflict between real estate development and and those who see open space as a place to build (laughs) and those of us who believe that we really do need to have green space and we need to have parks and we need to have a beautiful lakefront, which interestingly does promote our economic development as well. A lot of people come to see tourists in Chicago, and a lot of us go, you know, downtown and to our to our lakefront beaches and eat at little restaurants along the beach um, because of the beauty and grandeur of this lakefront that we have all protected. And so, that the economic development benefit and the the environmental benefit don't have to be at odds. But too often, you know, we see those who, who just see the, you know, the billion-dollar marks in their eyes, um, <laughs> you know, wanting to, to take that public benefit um, and, and make it a private benefit. That's uh, Juanita Irizarry, who is executive director of Friends of the Parks. If you have a question or you want to weigh in on something, you live in Chicago, you have strong feelings about parkland in Chicago, because it's not just the lakefront. Although I have a question for the, uh, about that in just a second, yeah. Juanita. But, but our number is 847-475-1590, 847-475-1590. And uh, you can find that number on my website. You can find it on our Facebook page, The Mike Novak Show, in case you forget or you haven't written it down. Take a look and uh, give us a call. About the lakefront, um, it's often included in... Uh, the the mission of Friends of the Parks, in fact, you have the last four miles, which I think is a, a great idea to expand the park from city limit north to city limit mm-hmm. south. Yep. What part of the lakefront is considered parks, though? I, I hadn't actually ever thought about that until Peggy brought it up before the show. Is it consid- all considered park? Is it all uh, park district land? What is that or, land? Yeah. Or is it the public access land? Yeah, well, there's 26 miles <laughs> of public access along the lakefront, and almost all of that belongs to the park district. Um, there are some places along the way where um, the CDOT, the Chicago Department of Transportation, actually owns the land, and we're actually working with um, the park district um, to help transfer properties from CDOT to the park district so that they own more of it, and then we can create parks in between those spaces where the park district then owns the end of a, a street and the end of a street and, and kind of keep lining it up till we get all the way up to Evanston, for example. Yeah. Uh, so I was just wondering what, what the jurisdiction, but as you say, most of it is is, is uh, Chicago Park District. And that brings us to the Chicago Park District and the fact that you guys uh, work with the Chicago Park District. Um, and given that you're um, a not-for-profit, you're a 501c3, 
Um, it, I imagine it's always uh, a, a kind of a dance, isn't it? it? It sure is. You know, there are times when we're able to work on things very collaboratively, and, and we often remind them as well as the public that the point is not to be fighting with one another. The point is to improve and enhance our parks. And if we can do that by partnering with each other, then we do it. Um, but we're also a watchdog organization. So, you know, sometimes we poke and pressure. And if we can do that privately to get something to move along um, for the sake of the public, we do. But if we have to make it a big issue publicly, then, you know, we'll do that as well. Well, you have to sometimes. I was president of the Chicago Recycling Coalition for yeah. about for about six years. And we chose to work with the city, but I, I didn't I don't have any problem saying you're doing it wrong. Okay, and you really need to start paying attention to how you're uh, recycling in in the city. And as as we know, (laughs) city of Chicago does not have a good track record when it comes to recycling. Um, That's right. And it's and it's record in regard to parks. Let's face it is also spotty. It's it's in some decades. It's really good. In some decades, it's not so good. Uh, I'd like to think that since the Friends of the Parks was formed, uh, we the city has a better track record, if only because there is a watchdog agency sitting down with them and saying, mm-hmm. you know, we need to figure this out. Yeah, you know, there's, there's two really interesting points to that. Number one, I think Chicagoans take it for granted that we have a lot of parks. If we think about our history with the Daniel Burnham plan and all the boulevards and the lakefront parks. But we're actually number 11 among all uh, major cities in the U.S. We're the third largest in population, but we're number 11 on the list on how much parkland we have per capita. So we actually still have a good ways to go to have enough parkland per wow. person. That's amazing, um, considering it was higher than that. Yeah, considering yep. how much lakeshore we have, that is yep. very surprising. Yep, and we need to do a better job as friends of the parks of really putting that data out there. The Trust for Public Land keeps track of that every year, and and Chicago did just go up a couple of notches. Um, but there's a lot of work to do to really um, promote that information to folks. All right, we're we're going to get into this conversation, and I'm going to have to interrupt it for a break. And but I, I do want to get started uh, on the, a couple of major issues that are happening right now. One of them is the Obama Library, yeah. uh, and if the Obamas, you know, and, and and I look at the timetable on all of this. The Lucas Museum, I was I was stunned when I was doing my research and realized it was only a year ago that yeah. that mm-hmm. Lucas pulled up. Yeah, it seems like forever. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's because we're living in Trump world right now, okay? And yes. it, there's just yes. too much going on. Um, but then, a month later, the Obamas say, hey, we're going to build in Jackson Park, and you guys kind of went, holy smoke. Okay, hey, yeah. l- hey, listen, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. President, uh, Jackson Park's a great place, but are you going to suck up valuable parkland? And as you mentioned, we're number 11, so we don't want that land going to building, so what's your stance on that? Yeah, I mean, that's a really tough one. Uh, Friends of the Parks is 100% clear that we do not believe that the Obama Library should have gone in a park. Um, as the discussions were happening about what might happen, we strongly encouraged them to put it on vacant land near a park. For example, right on the west side of Washington Park, there are 11 acres of vacant land owned by the University of Chicago, the city, and the Chicago Transit Authority. And they could have built right on that land and be looking across the street at Washington Park and basically expanded a beautiful area, but instead they decided to put it in a park and take away parkland. 
And that's that's kind of frustrating. And I, I have to admit, once again, I agree with you guys, which is why not create new parkland? Why not take land, as you said, University of Chicago owned stuff, you could you could convert it. Uh, I wanted to say the same thing to to Lucas. It's like, yep. why are you not taking making the or taking the opportunity to make something wonderful but no everybody wants the jewels that are already there and it's it's not fair because as you've mentioned in some of your documents and we're going to get into that right after the break here um transparency mm-hmm. is an issue uh we will be right back with Juanita Ir- Irizari who is the uh, executive director of Friends of the Parks give us a call 847-475-1590 uh if you li- listen to the show last week And if you didn't, I just wrote you out of my will. You heard native plant landscaper Monica Buckley describe freakish shade. That reminded me that the May-June issue of Chicago Land Gardening magazine has an article by my editor and nemesis, Carolyn Ulrich, about how to plant a container in shade, which might not exactly be freakish, but isn't exactly friendly to sun-loving specimens. Now, here's the secret. Write this down. Got my pen chartreuse that's it that's the secret of planting in the shade now that's not the only thing you need to know but i'm going to make you pick up the magazine to find out more and speaking of freakish my column is on the inside back page of every issue thank you chicagoland gardening magazine a publication of state by state gardening magazines go to chicagolandgardening.com if you're in other parts of the midwest or the south try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to state by stategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking Friends of the Parks. Give us a call. We'll be right back. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll get a head start on season. Mike and I were there last year, and the Expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. Chicago Gardeners, is your yard looking good this year? Why not enter it in the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards open to residents of the city of Chicago and presented by the Mike Novak Show, Illinois Extension, the Shedd Aquarium, Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and Natural Awakenings Chicago. The awards provide recognition to the hard work and creativity that make our city a healthier, more beautiful place. They support the pride we take in our neighborhoods and help us build our communities. 
Types of gardens include ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens, such as green roofs and walls, rain gardens, sidewalk cafes, and more. Categories include small and large buildings, schools, and other organizations, and there's even a special category for community gardens. You have until June 23rd to enter, and it's free. Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or click on the Chicago Gardening Awards at MikeNovak.net for more information. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. It sounds, yeah. Why is it so slow? Is he still sleeping? I don't know. It sounds really slow. Yeah, that's slow. That's slow. <laughs> no. Nope, 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 that's, nope, nope. It's nope. just a CD. How is that even possible? <laughs> Do you guys have a slow function? Wait a second. <laughs> okay, Bruce, as you've never heard him before, right here on WCGO. I'm, I'm looking at it. I don't see. Is there a, did I do something wrong? Okay. Bruce just needs some coffee today. Wow. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> Woo! Okay, welcome back. No, that's how he ends the song. Woo! Woo! I know. In this version, it's woo. (laughs) The Mike Novak Show with Becky Malecki. That's it, folks. Juanita, we're having technical issues here. Hey, no problem. All right. Uh, And that's Juanita Irzari, who's Executive Director of Friends of the Parks. And the technical issues they're having is how to preserve parks in uh, Illinois, uh, actually uh, Chicago, in Illinois, and uh, uh, and make them available to everybody. And and your goal, from I can tell, is uh, egalitarian. It's that's get right. everybody in the parks, and that's the issue you had with the Obama Library. Um, well, actually, that 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 part of it, yeah, it's because it is kind of stomping on that. It's, if it's going to take up ball fields and that that sort of thing, are they going to be replaced? I guess that's your question, isn't it? That's right. You know, we have obviously lost the battle of that being located in a park, but we still are very strongly advocating to make sure that the 22 acres that are going to be taken up by the library are replaced um, very nearby in the community. And not only the acreage itself, but the recreational fields that are, are being displaced. We've gotten a lot of calls from high school track coaches in the area, for example, saying, hey, you know, we are coaching kids who are going off to college with scholarships because of the work we do with them on this track. Where are we going to be able to do that? So it's super important um, that we get those amenities replaced somewhere nearby. And I think it's important for folks to know that you guys are in favor of the library coming to Chicago. I'm in favor of the library coming to Chicago. It's very important. Again, like the Lucas Museum, they got a ton of money. They could do whatever they wanted with it, and they could transform a whole neighborhood. Instead, they decided to suck up some parkland, and I have an issue with that. I, you know, I'm 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 a big Obama fan. It's a bad call, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm glad I'm glad that at least what you guys are doing now, it's okay. If this is going to happen, let's make it transparent. So, are you in the meetings uh, about this now? We. Fortunately, have better access to the Obama Foundation than we did with the city administration. Um, the folks putting the, the presidential center together are more willing to talk with us. And so they do ask us for advice. And they have said to us, 
you know, we understand that you believe it should not be in a park, and we're fine with you continuing to say that out loud. It's important um, for your credibility, um, but we still want your voice at the table. And so we've been really pushing hard to try to get the Obama Foundation to take leadership to make sure that there's a real comprehensive planning process that happens around this because we have not seen that coming from the city or the park district as of yet. All right. Let's take a phone call. Rebecca from Chicago, you're on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Good morning. Good morning. I would just like um, you to make a comment, if you if you could, about uh, – a different park, Douglas Park, where I believe that there's, you know, effort to turn over the, the park to private purposes. We have Riot Fest every year, and the alderman is wanting to uh, install a permanent music venue. And um, to me, this is another example of, of using the, the public park and also taking away the park the park as a park and turning it into something else. So maybe you could make a comment yeah. about that. You know, Rebecca, that's that's such a good question on a number of mm-hmm. levels, one of which is there are so many parks in the city that get short shrift, that don't have the high visibility that Jackson Park does, that Lincoln Park does, that other parks have. Uh, and just you just bringing up Douglas Park is a great thing. And the other is the people and the money that are always looking for a venue for such you know a music stand or something. I mean that's a that's a battle you're fighting in Jackson Park as well, Juanita. I know. So what's yeah. what's your comment yeah. on this? Yeah, you know we hear these complaints from parks all over the city, and you would be surprised that it's both lakefront parks, people that don't want Mumford and Sons and Montrose Harbor, you know, to folks in in Douglas Park. It, you know, it's all over the place. And so Friends of the Park, it's really been working with a lot of folks at the community level to help equip people. To ask those questions and you know some people want the concert that's happening in their park but a lot of folks don't and we do have a concern that parks are being primarily perceived as revenue generators um, by the park district and by mm-hmm. the city and and when that is what's leading the um, the decision making the people in the neighborhood who are affected often get left out or trampled on um, so um, in Douglas Park, it's actually quite divided in our experience in terms of how people in the community feel about having concerts in the parks and particularly about Riot Fest. Um, but we are working on a toolkit to help communities ask questions about, if we want this, what are the community benefits that we're going to get? Um, and how do we push back against our aldermen or the park district? Or maybe the alderman doesn't want the, the the concert in their park. In the case of Riot Fest previously, the alderman actually stood up and moved it out of Humboldt Park. So, you know, your alderman may be your ally or may be the enemy, but we want to provide <laughs> toolkit for folks to, to challenge um, these decision-making processes. Well, uh, one of the things you have in that regard are the park councils. How do those work? Yeah, so park advisory councils were actually set up in response to a lawsuit against the Chicago Park District in the early 1980s. The Department of Justice sued the Park District for discrimination against minority communities and forced the Park District to put in place the system of park advisory councils and Friends of the Parks was brought in to help set them up. And they're supposed to be about public participation and public voice in those decisions. Unfortunately, these days, the Park District is kind of taking an an impressive, I would say, approach to the PACs, as they're called, and kind of trying to keep the PACs out of advocacy and mostly doing fundraising. 
Um, so we're also trying to equip those packs to lift up their voice. I will say in the case of Douglas Park, there's a very uh, conflictual relationship there, and the, the, the PAC process has also been difficult. Um, and as in all over the city, you know, people don't agree with each other. And so um, it's, it's a space for residents to come in and lift their voice, but also the PAC process has, sometimes can be messy and ugly, and it honestly has been that in Douglas Park as well. And if Rebecca wanted to join the Douglas Park PAC, how would she do that? Yeah, she can go over to Douglas Park's field house. They have to have the information there available, and notices need to be posted. Um, a lot of the PACs also have uh, Facebook pages, and they can look up you know, the Facebook page and find out what they're doing and um, when their next open meeting is. Excellent call, Rebecca. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we, we only have a few more minutes left here, uh, Juanita. Uh, yep. And I wanted desperately to get to this whole golf course thing on the on the south side uh it was just another thing that kind of sprang whole cloth out of nowhere uh last december the city said hey we're gonna put we're gonna we're gonna put jackson park golf course and south shore golf course together create a pga uh style course the tiger woods is gonna oh boy a tiger (laughs) woods (laughs) Is is gonna de- is gonna design it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where'd that come from? In, insert punchline yeah. here, and uh, and you guys went what, huh? And tell us what the status of that is. Yeah, um, you know it's it's definitely delayed in terms of the status. Um, the park district had said that they wanted to break ground this spring, but they had also said they wouldn't move forward if they didn't have um, community support and and. You know, we thought it was kind of funny that they made that announcement and then in such short turnaround time thought they were going to be breaking ground because, again, they haven't had a real community process. No, none at all. No, it's like it's predetermined. That's right. That's right. And that's often our complaint. You know, we we don't have enough information as friends of the parks and even less does the public have about what might really be happening with this golf course. And a golf course in and of itself might be a fine thing. But right now there is a golf course there that's available to the public. and the There are two. There golf are two. Course, yeah, there's two courses there, and it costs, you know, less than 50 bucks to golf there, right? Whereas this new golf course will be aimed at PGA-level quality, and it probably costs a couple hundred dollars to, to, to golf around a, 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 a golf there. And yep. so we worry about those things, about public access. Uh, and we would be, you know, and I, and I won't even get into it because my feeling is, I, I know it'll happen there, is that they will combine it, they will shut out the poor people. I, I have golfed both Jackson Park and South Shore because I could afford it. Right. Uh, and uh, I, w- I can't afford to, to golf at Harborside International, and that's what this would turn into, even fancier than that. And you'd be, you'd have all the rich people coming in from the suburbs, and if that, you know, it smells like Emmanuel. I'm sorry, it smells like a Rahm Emanuel deal, but that's just right. me. All right, right, before we go, the big yep. thing, the, one of the reasons you're here is your conference next week, because it brings yeah. all of all of this stuff into play, which is the idea of parks as democracy. We need to get back to that, don't we? That's right. And with the big announcements this week of the president pulling out of the Paris uh, Climate Agreement, you know, we as citizens, we have to rise up and do this work. That's what our our cities are are saying and states are saying. You know, we can't just wait for the federal government to do it. And and in the case of our local parks here in Chicago, we can't just sit back and let the city and the park district do things without our engagement, without our voice. And so we're having a conference 
to kind of encourage people in that direction and to talk exactly about the things that we're talking about today, acknowledging that we won't all agree. You know, some people want Riot Fest in their parks, some people don't. You know, but what's the process to actually discuss that as community residents, as folks who are going to be impacted by that? And so we are inviting people on June 9th and 10th to Roosevelt University. And the info is on our website uh, and on our Facebook page. And um, we're trying to figure out how many people are coming, so we hope people will sign up as early as possible um, in the next few days. Um, and it's super cheap, and it's free on Saturday to the first five members of any Park Advisory Council, because we really want those folks who are working in neighborhoods to engage their parks, to be stewards of their parks, to be able to afford it and join us. And if you want to go to the conference, and again, it's next week, uh, and it's the 9th and 10th, you yeah. just go to FOTP.org. I could say yeah. slash conference, but it's all over your homepage. You can't yeah. miss it. So if you're interested in the parks, you're interested in making them a democratic experience. Uh, and I think it's really important to have members of the public out there. Go to FOTP.org. Uh, Juanita, thank you so much. I really want to do this again sometime soon. Sounds great. Let's do it. All right. Thanks. Good luck next week. I hope I see you there. Thank you. That'll be great. All right. It's the, Mike, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Molecki. Mr. DeMaio's here, and I'm sure he has a few words to say. Really? Yeah. Stick around. <laughs> that should be fun. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Do you remember when you were a kid and monarchs and other butterflies were everywhere? When's the last time you even saw a monarch? It's time to get back to nature and enjoy its elegance. Natural Communities Native Plants can help. Get rid of those pesticides and plant a wildflower sanctuary in your own backyard. Sit back and watch the birds and bees and, yes, monarchs. Established native plants require less maintenance, no watering, and fertilizers. Necessary and beautiful, they are a lazy gardener's dream. What's not to like? Natural Communities has more than 200 species of hard-to-find true native flowers, grasses, shrubs, trees, and seed. They can please everyone, from the nerdiest native plant geek to the novice. They even have native garden kits for beginners. And until May 31st, mention the Mike Novak Show and get 10% off any plant purchase. Get back to nature. Go to naturalcommunities.net. That's naturalcommunities.net. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk. WCGO. Hang on. This is your intro music. <laughs> go, go for it. 
Here's a tip from Logic Lawn Care. Core aeration is one of the most important things you can do for the health of your lawn. When you aerate, you're allowing the grass to breathe and then spread its roots without the roadblock of compacted soil. Aeration also helps control weeds because weeds love compacted soil. Did you know this is prime time for core aeration? Yes, I did. Cool. Yeah. Call Logic Lawn Care and have them help you create a healthy and safe lawn naturally. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. 847-421-6500. All right. Let's bring in meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Mr. DeMaio, good morning. Uh, <laughs> is it really a good morning? I don't know. Uh, oh, see, you're still, you're still, you're still hung over oh, from boy. all of this, aren't you? <laughs> and I don't mean yeah, drinking. I, I don't am. mean drinking. No, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty pathetic, but we kind of knew it was going to happen. You know, what's amazing to me, Mike and Peg is, is how this administration, um, continues to defy logic. Um, most people in the United States, if you look at, uh, the most recent, you know, Yale University climate uh, opinion maps. Uh, this was, uh, they, they do a study literally every two years. Um, I think I've sent you this stuff before, but you look at the national average, and this was uh, a study that was done uh, back in 2016. I believe it was uh, October or November. Uh, the national average of adults who think that global warming is happening. You guys want to give me a number? The national average of is this is U.S. adults who think global warming? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would think it's around seventy percent. Seventy percent, right? Wow, right. thank you. Seventy percent, exactly. Uh, the average, uh, the, the the national average that global warming is caused mostly by human activities. What's the number? Um, this is going to be trickier. Fifty-three percent, a little bit, little bit, little bit less. Peggy says fifty-three percent. What are you guys looking at the same map I am? <laughs> We're just guessing here. Is it fifty-three percent? Oh All my right. God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, We're giving high fives in here. Fifty-three percent. Yeah. What are you? What are you guys smoking over there? I don't know, but it's really good, isn't it? Yeah, I got to get me some before I take my next exam. We're not smoking. We're just taking. Did we pass your class? Yeah, you passed. You got the first two. I'm going to give you more and see if I can stop you. Uh-oh. All right. Um, okay. People who support that research should go into renewable energy sources. Oh, I'm going to say who support that industry should go into renewable sources. I'm... Well, no, 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 no. That, 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 that renewable energy sources, sources should have money funding the research towards it. Ah. Okay. What, Okay, I'm going to say 55%. Oh, Peg? 87%. Wow, good, Peg. Yeah. I I guess she has more faith in humanity than I do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the percentage of people who support regulating carbon dioxide as a pollutant. Oh, that's got to be high. I would say that's an 80%er. Peg? Sorry, I was typing. Um, 74%. 75. 75. All right, well, I'm going to give you a few more here. Set strict limits on existing coal-fired plants. In other words, uh, regulate the amount of carbon dioxide that's coming out of those plants. All right, I'm I'm, I'm just sticking with 80% now. 80. 
That's a little high. It's a little high. It's okay. about it's about seventy percent. Wow. How, so, now, well, who would not want to regulate coal right. emissions? That's big business. Big, that's nuts. Big business. Wow. Yeah, but 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 Peg, it, it depends on it depends on on which state you're in. Okay, mm-hmm. because if you think about it, if you're a, a plant that is um, using coal uh, to generate steam to generate power from turbines to generate electricity mm-hmm. um and you see that the amount of money that you are spending to generate the electricity is costing you a lot more than it was 10 years ago okay because you're generating more electricity okay so so it you're kind of at a low diminishing returns when you want to upgrade and update your plants so that you're actually generating more electricity so it makes you more money doesn't that make sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so all of these things, all of these things that I keep hearing from people like Sean Spicer and Mike Pence and Scott Pruitt have zero relevance to President Trump pulling out of the climate yeah. agreement. Yeah. He's not it paying makes, attention. You know, exactly. It makes no sense. Well, they're paid. There to- is actually and, – and, and I keep, I keep hearing – Oh well, it's going to cause jobs, or or it's going to it's going to take us away from you know from what what makes America great again. And and on on top of that, it it doesn't even make sense when I hear things like, oh, but but what about the fact that um, we're 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 spending? I mean, Kellyanne Conway was actually on Good Morning America talking about how we are spending so much more money uh, than other countries. Um, in helping support the developing countries, why should that fall on, on the backs of hardworking Americans? Are you kidding me? Listen to this. The Obama administration, when they signed on to the Paris Accord, pledged $3 billion okay, to mainly developing countries. Okay? This, this, is, this is what they're doing. Okay? Countries like central areas of Africa, okay? Southern areas of uh, South America, okay, areas of northern India, who rely so much on seasonal rains, okay, and also the degradation of their soil. In other words, overgrazing and things like that. Okay, this is money that's going into development of irrigation, groundwater replenishing, where climate change has basically made some of these monsoonal rains less reliable. Okay, sounds like a good plan. So so far, we've pledged a billion. And with the accord, we're supposed to pledge another $2 billion. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you hear $3 billion and you hear the Trump administration go, we're spending billions and billions of dollars to help people that hardworking Americans don't even know and shouldn't support. If you take those $3 billion and you divide it up by the number of people in this country, do you know how much each hardworking American is actually giving out? you know how much? Go ahead, do the math for me. Ten dollars. Oh, that's crazy. I'm not gonna pay that. Yeah. That's it's nuts. Ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, I are know. you kidding me? You you spend ten dollars when you go through freaking McDonald's just for a happy meal for two kids in the back seat. Right. Cranky. But it's not spun it's, that way. It's right. spun the other way. You know, this is just the beginning of this. I tell you what. Rick, you got to come in here and talk about this uh, in person so we can go at more at length. But I need a forecast. We got a minute. 
Yeah, I know, I know. Talk fast. Um, uh, a, few, a few showers and thunderstorms in northern McHenry and Lake County this morning. Otherwise, 85 today. Much of the area is going to be rain-free. Uh, tomorrow, 85 to 90. Yikes. Uh, thunderstorms develop south of us and then much cooler weather for Monday and Tuesday with temperatures in the 50s along the lakefront. 60s inland and dry weather from Monday through Thursday of next week. So we'll talk again, Mike. What, 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 no, 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 don't don't be depressed. Don't go away depressed. Oh, okay, no, no, no. I thought we were done. No, well, we are. I mean, I got like 20 seconds or 10, but <laughs> uh, uh, but I just wanted to, to, to you know say it ain't over. It ain't over because oh, no, no, the, no, no, no. you know, it, 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 if anything, he's turned on the burners. And, and he's, he's, he's woken up the sleeping giant. The exactly. resistance has expanded. There we go. The resistance has Paul Revere is riding through the streets of Boston. How about that? There you go. <laughs> All right. One if by coal, two if by gas. All right. I'll talk to you. I'll talk, <laughs> Sounds good, guys. See you next week. Uh, I want okay, to bye. thank Rick DeMaio for his rant and Juanita <laughs> Irizarry from Friends of the Parks. Uh, we're back again tomorrow, 9 to 11 a.m. So tune in until then. Go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. AroundTheBlockPress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking.